as a member of Generation X, I grew up in kind of the great heyday of the toy marketing craze of 70s and 80s. And it worked. <laughs> Oftentimes, as a kid, especially around Christmas time, those ads and commercials and the cartoons, which were basically commercials for toys, hit me hard. And I don't feel bad because you had very, very, very bright people working on parents and children to get them to buy all these products. Of course, one of the products I remember as a child was for He-Man. He-Man, Masters of the Universe. And of course, it had a great catchphrase, I have the power. I have the power. As a five-year-old, six-year-old kid, you hear that phrase and say, yes, I want that power. That seems great. And of course, toys, marketing, all that stuff works, and I did get He-Man, and I did have some power. <laughs> Not much. I was a middle child, so very little power, actually. <laughs> But that's okay. That desire for power is something that, is, in a sense, flows naturally through our human hearts. And that's probably true for us as adults today as well. In a world at times where power is very important, we see it. We see how sometimes power isn't always distributed equally, even within the church, how power can truly change things, not always for the better. So today, Deacon Paul got to read one of my favorite gospel pa passages, this amazing interaction between Jesus and his first followers, where he tells them that power for him and for all those who follow after him is going to be different. It's not about taking for what is yours and using it for you alone, but it's power meant for service, to serve others, not being focused on being served. In a sense, to say that power is going to be made weak, be made strong through weakness, as in the cross. And that's our challenge for this weekend, in a sense, to how do we work this out? How do we live in a world in this tension of using power properly as Jesus Christ and his church has attended? That's for us today. So who has the power? What does it mean to be first or the greatest? Let's repeat those words from the gospel today. Jesus tells us, if anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Now, it seems so clear, as of course, when you're son of God and you're, in a sense, full of power, it's easy to say those words. But then we see how seriously Jesus Christ himself takes it. We see it right here above our altar, how profoundly serious Christ takes his power and what it means to be a real servant. He has become the example of how we're supposed to use power in this world. And the great thing is, once we have access to his power, our lives are so much more that we give up those kind of fake powers that the world wants to give us, and we get to use the real power Christ wants, amazing things start to happen. The great thing is, the power that we take for ourselves, that isn't lasting. It fades over time, just like He-Man toys and all that other stuff. It's beautiful for a moment. It doesn't last. But once we start to get his power, that power for service, that power that truly transforms the weakest of all human souls, it never ends. In fact, it gets deeper and deeper and more profound over our years. Now, Christ, of course, recognizes that within, within every human heart, there is a desire to be great. But Christ then shows us what true greatness is about. He demonstrates that through his passion, through his death, through his resurrection. He's also given us the opportunity to live out greatness in so many more ways. 
In Jesus' time, the only way to truly be great was to either be an amazing soldier or to be born into it. That was it. You didn't develop greatness. You were born and you stayed where you're at. Christ has opened up for them, the people in the past, and for us now, so many ways to be great, to find something that you and you alone can do and truly be great at it by serving others. Every single one of us now has an amazing vocation to truly live out great power and do so in some of the most surprising ways possible. I'm, consider- I'm always humbled every time I get to work with people to see what great talents they have. And sometimes they don't even know it, but it's there. And part of my job, and I think the job of many people here at Arlie Mount Carmel, is to help them with that. We get to show them, in a sense, that there's something deep within them that Jesus has placed there that's waiting to come out. And that's how Jesus himself communicated that. One scripture scholar noted that Jesus is teaching here that the only power that bestows life, that love, that serves, it can't be just simply learned through dialogue. It's not just simply being talked about. It has to be communicated directly from heart to heart, like a transfusion, so to speak. The only way for this power to be communicated is heart to heart, his heart to mine, and mine to yours, and yours to each other. That's that great power. It's an amazing thing that God has done. And it's hopefully something we have experienced at some point in our lives of faith. As we announced at the beginning of this Mass, we're honored. I'm truly honored to have the men on the Welcome Christ and News' parish team here present at this Mass. At this time, please, teams 82, 83, their leaders, please stand up. Now I'm going to take that power away. Sit down. (laughs) These men have great power, and the power that's happening is through this great love of Jesus Christ for his church. It's happening, too, not just by us talking to them. It's them experiencing directly the heart of Christ in the Eucharist, the heart of Christ and the love that you have just poured out upon them and you've been doing all this weekend the heart that their brothers are sharing with each other, the heart, Deacon Paul, who's been helping out this weekend as well, the music, that's that power. I could talk to them for another 20 hours. Maybe I will do that later on. But that heart, that's the real power of the church. The real power is God working to and through in all of us, his people, his beloved children. That's the great gift. That heart that never ends in the Eucharist, that continues to call us and speaks to us and transforms us bit by bit. That transfusion, like that blood transfusion that truly brings new life when we're most sick and ill, that's what God's been doing for 2,000 years and continues to do. That every single one of us is capable of receiving love in our hearts, allowing it to dwell there and transform us so that we too, in our own way, can help someone else with our heart to grow closer to the ultimate heart, the heart that gives life. And the more we do this every day of our lives, it's amazing what God can do. I was on Chirp Team 56 many, many years ago. My dad and my mom were Chirp Teams 3 and 4, I think, here. That's the power of a heart communicating God's love. And sometimes, like I said, it's not always the words that we say. It's how we do it in the little ways we serve one another. I would oftentimes say, though, serving God is a lot harder than serving our neighbors right next to one another, to love the person God has put right next to you. 
It's a challenging thing. That's why Christ also places the child in front of his disciples and us today, that we too can be like a child in terms of our innocence, our wisdom, and our desire to be open to what God wants us to do ultimately. That's what God wants. It's what he's always wanted for us. He always wanted us to use this power that he gives freely, that we don't necessarily have to fight hard to attain that. He bestows upon us every day of our lives simply by coming to Mass, going to Adoration Chapel, praying and reading Scripture. Even little ways we just serve, whether it's at work, our studies, sports, our friendships, these little things done with great love has transformed the world up to this point and will continue to do so until the end of all things. We just have to recognize sometimes we're not always the most natural at it and ask for that help that we need and have that courage when God speaks to our hearts to respond to the best of our ability and to trust in the person sometimes right next to you who might, maybe being a stranger, maybe even your enemy, who has something profound to share with you. That's God's power. That's the real power that we should always be seeking and the power that we should serve. So my dear brothers, my sisters, St. James in that second reading tells us that we should truly always seek that wisdom from above, that wisdom, that great wisdom that has given us so much, that when we receive that humble power of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, we can truly find ourselves and open up a part of our heart that we didn't even know existed before. And when we tap into that great power, that authentic power, we find we're capable of serving God and our neighbor much more than we ever thought possible. That's the greatness that draws us here this, this weekend. As we continue to do all these things to serve our neighbor, to receive authentic power, and to use it properly, we get filled with real joy, real, real peace, real happiness. We start to understand how we've been made and what we're being made to do. If we do this all with our hearts, minds, and souls as we leave this Mass today, as we continue to serve our friendships, our family, our church, and community, we can do amazing things. And as Deacon Paul will say at the end of this Mass, we can truly glorify the Lord by our own lives of faith. So let's truly receive God's power today, use it freely, and share it freely to the best of our ability. Amen.